HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo, growing the best and most interesting heirloom beans available. Learn more at ranchogordo.com. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and pretty much all the time, playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Ready? What shape are you? I can be flat and very thin, or more like the thickness of a pad of paper. Hmm. Are you grown or made? I'm made. Okay. And where can I find you? In the kitchen, of course. Of course. And what are you made out of? I can be made of metal, wood, plastic, or sometimes I incorporate all of these materials or just a few of them. Hmm. That could be a bunch of different things. Let's see if I can narrow it down. What's your job? This should help you figure it out. I can be used to turn food in a pan or scrape and mix things like batter and dough. Aha! I got it. A A spatula. spatula! The spatula is one of my desert island kitchen tools. Like, if I was to have to choose just a few that I can't live without, I'd say a spatula is definitely one of them. I love what's called a fish spatula. It's got a super thin blade that's angled, and it's designed for flipping or serving fish, which is so delicate. But I find it to be a great tool for other things like omelets and pancakes. I agree. I just really can't live without my spatula. I always have two different kinds of spatulas in my house at all times, at least. A rubber spatula and a metal spatula. I think the first time that I interacted with a rubber spatula was when my mom was baking something chocolatey and delicious. So if any of you have grownups in your life who like to bake, make sure you get to lick the spatula at the end because it's super tasty. But be careful of raw eggs. I love spatulas because they really help me reduce food waste. If I'm making a sauce or a batter... A rubber spatula will help me make sure that nothing gets left behind in the bowl. One of my family's favorite movies that some of the parents out there might remember is called UHF. 
It's from the 1980s. It's about a tiny TV station. And in the movie, they run a commercial for a store called Spatula City. And the tagline is, we sell spatulas. And that's all. (laughs) Harry, I have to say, you've told me about some interesting stories that you found online when we were doing research for this episode. Can you tell our listeners what you found out? Well, I found references to a few things about the spatula that were very interesting. The word spatula first appeared in the English language almost 500 years ago, and it's based on a Latin word. It's the same base for the garden tool called a spade. So when you're using a spade in the garden, it's sort of like a garden spatula. So, Harry, in our research, the mysterious name John Spajula has been coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about him? There's a story that I found online that the modern kitchen spatula for cooking was invented by a chef named John Spajula, and that, in fact, that's where the name of the tool comes from. I saw on a number of blogs a story about him working in a New York kitchen under a chef named Hans Kruger, and that John Spajula came up with the idea for the spatula to help cook more food quickly and efficiently. That sounds like a cool story. Let's see if we can find out in this episode and come back to this one. It sounds too good to be true. What do you call a vampire chef? Don't spatula. Ha, 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 ha. Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in the episode, so listen carefully. When did the word spatula first appear in the English language? Keep an ear out for the answer. Hi, my name is Abe Shaw, and I own a company called Eating Tools. As you might imagine, we sell a lot of tools and utensils that people use to eat with, uh, but we also uh, work with a lot of artists who make tools to cook with. And those tools include, among other things, spatulas. Uh, And I'm a big fan of spatulas. The the question of what tool is called a spatula is a really good one. Uh, At at first, it doesn't seem like it should be a tough question, but given that there are flexible rubber spatulas for mixing and that are used in baking and there are long, slotted, flexible fish spatulas made out of steel, uh, and there are big, wide uh, metal spatulas, uh, typically on long handles for using out at the grill or barbecue. Uh, it, it's a tricky question, as it turns out. I would describe a spatula uh, as any tool at the end of a handle that has a, a relatively flat and wide surface that is used for moving either already cooked foods or ingredients or mixes of ingredients, either within a vessel, like a bowl or a a pan, or between locations in a kitchen or outside of the grill. So now we have a good idea of what a spatula is and what it does for us. But there's a lot more to learn about spatulas. Spatulas do come in a lot of different materials, and and I have a couple of favorites. Here at Eating Tools, because of some of the artists that we work with, uh, we work with a lot of spatulas made out of titanium. Uh, And I'm a big fan of titanium uh, for use in the kitchen for a lot of reasons. Uh, We even call it the ultimate culinary material uh, because titanium is incredibly lightweight, but it's incredibly strong. 
uh, when it's thin, it's incredibly flexible, but it won't break and it will always uh, snap back to its original state. Uh, it doesn't conduct heat very well, so it's great to use in the kitchen around hot pans uh, because it won't carry that heat from the head of the spatula up into your hand uh, as quickly as steel will. We do love our titanium spatulas. Uh, and of course, there are also wonderful spatulas made out of steel, um, stainless steel and carbon steel. And, and those are sometimes hand forged by um, re really amazing craftspeople. But we do typically go with metal. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. I asked Abe, what makes a great spatula and sets it apart from a regular spatula? So to me, uh, the aspects and, and design elements of a spatula that make it attractive uh, really fall into two broad categories. One is aesthetic. Spatulas are, are objects, tactile objects that we have to, uh, to a degree at least, uh, enjoy using. Um, and so to me, an attractive spatula is, is one that bears the marks of the person or company that made it, um, that has some character uh, and, and has maybe a combination of materials, some, some copper, uh, for example, holding two pieces of titanium together is a beautiful way to add a little design element to an otherwise, uh, you know, less than exciting looking metal. Uh, and on the flip side, uh, and, and that is absolutely uh, an unintended spatula pun, the other thing I look for is functionality. Um, this is a tool to be used in a kitchen. And like any working chef will tell you, uh, if you're going to be flipping 300 burgers in a dinner shift in the back of the house, or you're going to be uh, you know, turning a filet five times an hour for your guests, uh, it has to do the job that it was made to do. And so if I'm looking for a fish spatula, I'm looking for a long, slim and flexible spatula that when I press it down onto the surface of a pan, it bends and flexes and, and scoops that filet of, of sole just as I need it to. Uh, on, on the other hand, if I need a spatula to uh, turn a big steak outside on the barbecue, uh, I want a long handle so that my hand isn't getting too close to the heat. Uh, I want a wide handle that I can really grip uh, and it's not going to slip if maybe I'm wearing gloves. And I want a big wide uh, head of the spatula so that it can support the weight of a big steak or burger or portobello mushroom. So a spatula needs to fit its intended purpose. And so maybe not every spatula uh, is gonna be the right spatula for the job, but there is undoubtedly a spatula out there made for you. Thanks so much, Abe. Parents, check out eatingtools.com for the coolest kitchen tools around. Now it's time for a short break. More about spatulas when we come back. See you on the flip side. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo. Over the past 19 years, Rancho Gordo has led the revival of heirloom beans, taking the lowly bean from a healthy but neglected member of the vegetable family to a near superstar status ingredient. From growing the best and most interesting beans available to making sure all crops are fresh and a pleasure to cook with, Rancho Gordo's mission is to encourage cooks to experience and enjoy the unique flavors of heirloom beans. 
Rancho Gordo produces nearly 30 varieties of heirloom beans and lentils, as well as corn, grains, chilies, and other cooking ingredients. You can learn more at ranchogordo.com. That's R-A-N-C-H-O-G-O-R-D-O.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. So we were talking about spatulas, and I did some more research. And while I found the story of John Spadula on a lot of websites, with a little sleuthing, I found out a little bit more about this story. First, I looked up his name to see if I could find any articles about him that weren't recent and about the spatula from, you know, the 1880s, 1890s, when he was supposed to have been living in New York City, and I couldn't find anything. Then I looked up the chef that he supposedly worked for, a Hans Kruger, and I found no records of a chef by that name in New York in the 19th century. I did find reference to a Nazi German captain from that name, but he was born in 1909, and he wasn't even alive when this stuff was supposed to have been invented. So this started to seem a little fishy to me. I also found references to spatulas from ancient Rome. So how could it have been invented in New York 140 years ago if they had them in ancient times? I also found a patent. A patent is how you protect a new invention. You file your ideas with the government, and then people can't copy you. For a pancake turner from 1877, which shows what we now call a spatula. Oh, that's fascinating. So some of what you found about this alleged inventor of the spatula might not be real. What do you think, Harry? Is it the truth or is it fake? I think it's fake. And there's evidence that it's fake. I also found a posting from the person who wrote the original story admitting that he made it up and it was a piece of fiction. He didn't ever claim that it was anything other than a made-up story, but people read it and liked it and reposted it and rewrote about it without saying where they found it. So now it comes up in searches on lots of pages and seems like it might be true. Wow, Harry. You know, sometimes people just want the truth to be the most interesting version of the story. So it's a good lesson. We have to be careful about our research, especially when we're searching for things on the Internet. It's really easy to think that just because you see a story in lots of different places that it's true. But sometimes you just have to dig a little bit deeper to find out if it's real. There's an old saying, if it seems too good to be true, then it probably is. Harry, I think we may have solved the mystery of John Spadula. And I'm ready for a dance break. spatula is known to have been used in English since 1525. Just like some of us are left-handed and some of us are right-handed, so are spatulas. You can find one that suits you. Renee Westbury of Washington State has a collection of more than 1,600 spatulas. She could use one for every day for more than five years. <laughs> Miyajima, Japan is home to the world's largest wooden spatula. The word spatula derives from the Latin word for a flat piece of wood or splint, the diminutive form of the Latin spatha, meaning broadsword, 
and hence can also refer to a tongue depressor. Interesting. Today, I'm going to be making Johnny Cakes. Johnny Cakes are like pancakes. They're made from cornmeal only. It's cornmeal and water, a little bit of salt and sugar. If you want to make these at home, you'll need one cup of finely ground cornmeal, about a cup and a quarter of water, and about a teaspoon of salt, and about a tablespoon to two tablespoons of sugar or something sweet. I sometimes use honey, sometimes use maple syrup, and these are delicious for breakfast. They are like pancakes. You can eat them with maple syrup, but I also really like them with savory foods as well. Salmon or chicken or really just about anything. They were a breakfast favorite of George Washington, and you can even cook them on hot rocks next to a campfire. If you listen to our campfire episode, you would have heard us talk about that. So you take your one cup of cornmeal, you pour boiling water, one and a quarter cups in, put in some salt and some sugar, mix that up, let it sit for a few minutes, and the water will kind of come together with the cornmeal. Then you want to take a cast iron pan or a flat griddle and warm that up on the stove. And I'm going to put some butter on there. Once your butter is nice and sizzling, you can spoon a little bit of your batter right onto your griddle and let it cook. Now I've used an array of spatulas for this recipe. I used a thin green silicone spatula to mix my batter. And I have a fish spatula and a turning spatula out on the counter. And I'm gonna test out which one works better for this recipe. Johnny cakes have been cooking now for a couple of minutes on the first side and flip them over. For flipping Johnny cakes, I definitely prefer the flat turning spatula to the fish spatula because it gives me a much better angle to get underneath the Johnny cakes. So once these are cooked, you're going to cook them for a few minutes on each side until they're nice and crispy and then enjoy them. At the beginning of the episode, we asked, when did the word spatula first appear in the English language? And the answer is... The word spatula is known to have been used in English since 1525. If you've been enjoying our episode about spatulas, you might enjoy taking a look into Food and Finance High School's new magazine. It's called Pass the Spatula. It's all about using the stories of experienced chefs to inspire the next generation. It's really amazing work, and we think you'll enjoy it. You can check them out at PassTheSpatula.com. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch today. We'll be back next week with more tasty stories. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Warner. Emily Kunkel is our associate producer. Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our fun facts theme was created by our very own Liam Warner. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast. And please stay in touch. If you have a joke you'd like to share with us, or if you want to tell us how the start of the school year is going for you, we would love to hear from you. You can send us your recipes, poems, book recommendations, or anything else you think we might like. It's super easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone. 
Ask your favorite grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name, age, and address so we can send you a little something in return. Time for Lunch is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. See you next week.